Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, today I've been joined by one of our greatest ever players, also played in one of our best ever teams, in fact, our best ever team, and an England international. It is Nicky Shorey. Hi, Nicky. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So, how are you dealing with this COVID times at the moment? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's quite bizarre, um, especially when it first started. You thought it was just something that was going to blow over. Um, but to still be uh, in lockdown all this, all this time later, is, um, it's been a, a very unique experience, something that obviously we've never experienced before and something that um, hopefully we never will again. But um, I think, I think we, you know, I understand why we're doing it. I think we all do. And We've just got to try and try and get on with it as best we can, and um, I'm sure we'll come through it stronger. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that's the case. It's such a surreal time for footballers and everyone. Kind of like thinking what they should be doing. Should they be playing or should they not be playing? If you were a player now, would you be comfortable going back to play? Um, as long as as long as uh, certain things were put in place to make sure that the safety was first, um, because. That's got to be paramount. It's got to be the, the safety, the health, um, and making sure that that's that's the, at the forefront instead of you know other motives, you know money and and things like this. Um, you know, I, I get it. We want we want our football to to survive. We want all our clubs, you know, all the way to the bottom, League One, League Two, National League. We want them all to survive and come through this. So I think we've got to kind of look out for each other. But I think the, the paramount thing has got to be the health side of it. Yeah, definitely. Always the safe health side is the situation we need to look at first of all before anything else. So let's get on to the football side. Uh, you joined the club in 2001 from Leeds in Orient. Kind of, what was your first impressions when you joined the club? Obviously, Adam Pardew was the manager. What were your aims when you came to us at Reading Football Club? Um, well, I mean, I hadn't played that much at Orient, so I was still... You know, a young lad trying to trying to improve, trying to progress. Um, physically, I probably needed to uh, improve quite a lot. I remember when I first come, um, Alan Pardew sort of put me on a bit of a regime for the first six months to try and toughen me up and strengthen me up. And um, yeah, it was it was it was a great move for me because it, as soon as I joined, you could just tell it was a club that was looking to move forward. Uh, had good facilities. Had bit of money behind it with Sir John and they really wanted to progress through the league. So um, you had a manager like, like Pard who very ambitious, a um, lot of self-belief and, and he, he made you believe as a player that you could go on and do good things in the game. So um, it, was, it was a great period to join. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at other players that you were surrounded at that point, it was the real building blocks, wasn't it, with Pard you slowly building the foundations for that great team that we'll talk about in a bit. But I've been asked by A.D. Williams to ask you a question. It was about when you're about to take a corner. And yes. what did Pardew say to you in your ear when you're just about to say it and you've been working on this set piece? I'm a little bit nervous about what he might say, mm. but we'll see. You know, what did he say, Nicky? Yeah, I mean, we we, worked, we worked on quite a few different corners. Um, Kevin Dillon and Pards were, were big on set pieces and um, we come up with a few different ones. And this one was, was a bit of a decoy. I, was, I would start on the halfway line. Um, 
Ards would call me over as a bit of a decoy and I would then go sh- for a short corner um, and then someone else would drop in and take my place. Um, so we kind of done it as we practiced. I started at the back. He, he called me over. I ran over and <laughs> as I got close to him, <laughs> he said, um, by the way, I've, uh, I slept with your missus the other week. <laughs> now go, go and get a short corner. And uh, I was like, what? you know, when you're just like, what? Uh, what do I, and then I just ran to take the short corner, got on with it. And then afterwards I thought, did he actually say that? <laughs> he, did use, he, did, he did use different language to that, but I, I, won't, yeah. I, won't, I won't say exactly what it was. But, but that, you know, the thing is, that was, um, that was parts. He, he had little quirky things like that. And um, I mean, I really, I really sort of um, thrived under him. I really enjoyed working with him. Um, I think he was really good for younger players to push you to, to improve and, and he really instilled, and I, I, I was quite confident anyway, but he really instilled a, a confidence that, you know, there's, there's nothing you can't do in this game if you really want to work hard enough. And, um, yeah, that really stayed with me. Yeah, definitely. He's a, and, and that yeah. moment stayed with me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not one of those ones you'd probably forget, these kind of weird instances. But Pardew, I think um, he really splits Red and Francis the way he left. But he definitely mm. set it up for us to move forward as a club. I mean, you look at the players that he signed in, yourself included, and all the ones mm. around that. It's just amazing the team and the foundation that we've had from his kind of build. Do you think that without Alan Pardew, we wouldn't have had the 106 team? Um, no, I mean, I definitely agree with you. He definitely put the, uh, the building blocks in place. Um, I just think with Pards at that time, it was a great fit with Reading. Um, because Reading were an ambitious club, a sort of new, new, not new on the block, but they really wanted to start doing things. They wanted to start pushing up higher. Um, I know they, they had in previous, you know, in their history, they'd done well, um, previously. Um, but Haas was just a great fit in terms of he matched the club for me. He was young, uh, ambitious, really wanted to push on with his career. And, and when you look at the career he's had after leaving Reading, I think, I think it goes to show what a, what a good manager he was. Um, and I, he definitely started that sort of period. Um, whether we'd have gone on to the heights with, with Pard standing in charge, who knows? That's just, you know, Steve Copper come along and the rest is history. Yeah, Steve Koppel, a total legend. But in the 2003-04 season, you actually had a very severe foot injury after a game against Stoke City. At one point, they said to you afterwards that, you know, things were not looking good for you at all, were they, Nicky? No, it was was a worrying time, but and it it came out of nowhere, really. It was a really strange uh, injury to pick up, um, an infection that sort of got in my foot somehow. yeah, I remember it just ballooned up and it was really swollen and I, thought, I sort of started worrying. Uh, went to hospital and then it was, you know, I was on a drip for, I think it was like three months. I had to have a drip every day for like an hour and a half every day. A nurse would end up coming to my house to do it and uh, I couldn't walk, let alone run or jog. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, I've heard it loads of times, you know, people say about it and that period and that that specific injury and said about, you know, amputation and things like that. But that was a, would have been a severe case in terms of if I was stranded somewhere and I couldn't get the treatment I needed, but that was never, that was never going to be the, the case really. No, definitely. Obviously before they had the promotion and your first real season of playing all the games near enough. Well, a big chunk of the games 
How's it feel going through a season in your first promotion, obviously topped off at Griffin Park, talked to A.D. Williams about this recently. That must have been a brilliant moment for you. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it's, it took me a while to get into the team when I first joined. Really, um, like, as I said, I was on like a program for six, six to eight months of you know really strengthening and playing in the reserve team all the time, and sometimes being on the bench. But mainly, I wasn't involved at all in my first eight, eight to ten months. Um, and then I got a game in the cup. I think it was Aston Villa away, if you remember, in the cup, and yeah. I played that game. And then I kind of then stayed in from that game onwards. I, I think it was sort of, I looked at it as, you know, right now is your chance and he, he gave me the opportunity and thankfully, not just for myself, but for the team, we was doing well. So um, it always helps. And as I said, as a young player coming into a team like that, who are ambitious and some of the players we had, it sort of helps a lot. You know, I had a lot of experience around me, uh, a lot of good players around me to, uh, to really help me progress and bed in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at it, it's also you scored your first goal as well with your right foot, which was against Bradford City, wasn't it? And then that's kind of, a, you mean, your left foot is like a wand. I don't know what it is about a left foot, but it always looks so much better. It's just something about uh, it. I know, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, right foot, is, yeah, it's just, it's not, not the same. It's just not the same. Um, yeah, strange that, isn't it? I don't know why that is, but... Yeah. No, but the left foot is just with your free kicks that you scored the goals in the games. It was just uh, just really such a good player going forward defensively. What do you kind of, it culminated in the 2005-06 season. Um, going into that season, the season before we'd finished seventh and we got to the final day, we needed to get a win, I think, at Wigan and we lost that game. But were you going into that season thinking in the 5-06 one, thinking that this is the time when we've got to move on, when we've got to get the promotion, or it could be a few issues here? Um, well, we'd come close. We, I mean, we sort of, we got into the playoffs with, when Pards was there and we missed out against Wolves. And then when, when Cops come in, we just missed out on the playoffs. I think it was two seasons running, which just literally just missed out. Um, and I think I've seen an interview with, with Cops saying, he knew that then something had to change and he knew that he had to change, you know, because otherwise doing the same things and we would get the, probably the same, the same end product. Um, so he did have a bit of an overhaul and I remember coming back pre-season and there was literally about 10 of us, 10, 11 of us left and we we're all looking at each other like, well, yeah, we've got to sign some players to, um, no, just to get a team out, let alone anything else. And uh, then we started signing a few gradually. We, but we signed a Stephen Hunt, uh, Kevin Doyle, Shane Long, you know, people like this. And we're like, okay, right, I get you. But it didn't really instill you with a lot of sort of ambition that we're going to do well that season. No disrespect to them players, but you know, they, they were sort of not really known at that time. Um, so for it to all come together and, and in the way it did, I mean, listen, we lost the first game as well, first league game. And I remember after that thinking, oh, you know, we need to buck our ideas up here. We just lost at home first game of the season. You know, it's going to be a long, long old season if we carry on like that. And thankfully we, we won the next one. Um, and then we just got on that, on that roll and um, 
yeah, it was a, it was a remarkable season that never be beaten really hopefully well definitely not in in my career I knew at the time um, in them two seasons I just knew I thought I'm going to do well to beat this yeah definitely I remember going to the games as a fan and just thinking how many are we going to win by we're not going to lose today that is such a weird experience going to a game and did you have that as players you kind of almost go into the zone of this this is going to happen it's going to happen at some point I don't know when but we're going to get a goal we definitely did um, and it wasn't sort of a disrespect to anyone else it was just where we was at that time and we just had that sort of I guess it was a bit of arrogance but just belief in, in ourselves as a team that now we just it doesn't matter what happens today we, we will come out and we will win and and, and that feeling was amazing. I remember we used to go out for the warm-ups and running out on a pitch. It just felt amazing to be, you know, the team that everyone looked to, the team that everyone wanted to beat and the fans, you know, even the opposition fans were looking at you like that, you know. we And, and that's how we felt, you know, felt, you know, six feet tall. So um, it, it was an amazing feeling that season. Definitely. And I've heard the major factor, which I hear from multiple players who've had some success with Reading, is the team spirit. And the building, and I've heard from players like um, Steve Sibbard talking on that 80s podcast saying about things like the roast dinner on a mm. Friday and how yeah. these things just built up. You've obviously played in other teams since Reading and you came back to Reading at some point. But also, June, what is the big thing that creates that team spirit and winning thing? Is it something you can't generate? Does it just appear? Um... I'm, I'm, you know, there's probably things you can sort of do to try and get the team together and, you know, a bit bit closer. But I just, I just think it was just a, sometimes you just, you get certain characters and, and putting a team together and the certain relationships that, that players have. And it was just, I've never had it again sort of thing. It was just, um, we was all... At a good age, we was all ambitious. We was all hungry. We'd all ne- we'd never all had success. We'd we're always we're looking to get to where we want to get to. We had we didn't really have too many players who had been there and then dropped down. It was all well. None of us played in the Premier League. We're all in this together. We all want to get to the same place. Um, and we just had some great characters in that team who, who really sort of. We all got on sort of off the pitch mostly. Uh, we would socialise together, friends and family. Um, Reading is a sort of a place where we all lived in and around Reading. So we all popped into town and done things together, you know. So it was just um, just all come together at the right time really for everyone. And, and we had some... And this is probably what Steve Copper was good at, was, was getting the right characters in the building. Yeah, characters is absolutely essential, isn't it? Yeah, definitely seen that with them. Um, maybe a drop off in Reading since, but we're concentrating on the good times here. <laughs> yes, uh, it's kind of uh, yeah, get involved in that. I remember the one oh six and the final game of that season when we played QPR at home. Obviously, Murty scores the goal, and right in the dying seconds, we're trying to get the hundred goals. And I see the final whistle go and I see disappointment in you because we haven't been able to get that 100th goal. Is that me imagining that or is that how you felt at that moment? Um, we just, 
we just got to a point where obviously once you get promoted, that's the, that's the main goal. Um, that was the main goal, but we done it so early, um, that it was, well, we still got, you know, a good few games left of the season. What's the next thing? What, what can we get to? You know, and, and it was put to us by, you know, the, the coaching staff and the manager, you know, we can get to hundred goals. We can get to, um, get near breaking the record points or up there over a hundred point over this. So, and, it, and it was just trying to keep us going till the end of the season, because sometimes, you know, once you get promoted, you know, teams probably just, you know, it's done. We, we, we're promoted. That was our main aim, which it was. But while we were still able to have them things in sight, it kind of helped us and spurred us on to right to the last kick of the last game. Yes, that's just fantastic. I mean, I bore my girlfriend to death talking about the 106 season. She's like, is that another? Never get boring, really. No, exactly. She'd be listening to this right now on this recording on the treadmill. So thank you for saying that, Nikki. <laughs> it's fantastic. So moving to the 6-7 uh, season, and we're now in the Premier League, our first ever season. And... For a Reading fan watching that, just going up there, walking up to the game, knowing we were going to play in the Premier League against Middlesbrough was just an amazing day. Almost didn't feel real. How did it feel for you? Uh, a bit the same, really. It was just maybe, maybe they're not knowing what's to come as well. You know, this is a new league and a bit fretful. Um, and I think that's how the game started. I think the first 15 to 20 minutes, we were, we were way off it way off the pace and it just wasn't us because we, we were always up and at them high energy and, and, and full of confidence and we, we was nowhere near that and um, I remember just think I, I remember thinking to myself I, I sort of I was right close to the touchline obviously playing fullback and I heard one of the Middlesbrough coaching staff um, saying to the wide right who's James Morrison at the time for Middlesbrough and he, he said just take the ball off him He'll give it to you. And I remember thinking, I ain't having that. I, I'm not having that. And that is honestly, I knew then though, he was going to come running in at me. And, and, and I know some people said about the run I did and mm. getting up the pitch. And that was it. I knew after the coach said that, I thought he's going to come running in at me. I know when the ball comes to me next, I can take a touch and I can just glide past him because he, his momentum would be coming to me too fast. And that's exactly what happened. I took the touch inside and I knew I was gone. And then all of a sudden it just opened up. Um, slipped Doyle in, he got a shot off and then the crowd just were with us and it really gave us like the energy to then push on throughout the game. No, definitely. I was going to bring up that run because I think that was the key moment and it just kind of built it. And to have that massive switch around in that game to finally win it, win it 3-2, um, the atmosphere in the dressing room, is it kind of sheer... Uh, joy or is it kind of relief that you've kind of got the game back from where the situation was? Um, probably a bit of both. But it was more, I think the biggest thing it done for us was just give us that sort of nod that, no, no, we're here because we're a proper good team. Um, it, you know, there's nothing to fear in this division. Okay, you, you know, when you play the big boys, maybe you might have to alter a few things. But in general, we, we're here and we can compete. And uh, I think that was the biggest thing that it helped was that first game. Uh, and then we never looked back, really. No, definitely. That was such a sensational season. I remember that Middlesbrough game, the Middlesbrough fans singing, 
this is the welcome to the Premier League or something like this is the Premier League. And I thought, okay, so now it's 3-2. Yeah, welcome to Reading as well. So it's quite nice. It was such an amazing season for you scoring that goal against Tottenham as well. I mean, I sit in the Eamon Dolan stand. And when you hit that, Nicky, I thought that is going in. Did you at that moment think that as well? Um, I, I thought I, I connected well with it. I did connect well with it. And to be fair, I think it was Dawson who was closing down and he was quite close to me. So I thought um, he might have got in Robinson's eye, eyesight a little bit because um, it was quite a distance out really. Mm. And I might have got there. But yeah, just, you know, when it just flies off your foot and you think, oh, that was... Yeah, I struck that nice. And all of a sudden, for it to go in was, yeah, it was a nice feeling, really good feeling. Definitely. And then the Tottenham manager, Martin Yole at the time, I think it was saying that we shouldn't be losing to the likes of Reading. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. that's gold. I, I totally get what he's saying. Yeah. And I understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, he probably should have worded it a bit differently. Yeah, no, I understand. It's Tottenham Football Club. That's a massive team. I understand that completely. Yeah. But it was kind of going through that season and then managing to finish eighth. Do you feel that like, missing out in Europe was a disappointment or just an incredible season? Because for me, I think finishing eighth after with the 106 season was just ridiculous. And I can't see it as a disappointment. But as a player, how do you see it? I'm definitely not a disappointment. I, I mean... I, th- I think it was just as equal to the season before. Uh, really, though, it was such an achievement. And I think if, listen, I, I know we ended up going down the next season anyway. But I think if we'd have had European football, we would have we would have found it even more tougher. If, if I'm being perfectly honest, we just didn't have the uh, the resources, didn't have the squad size, um, and we was built about team spirit and having the, having a core group of players together. Um, over a period of time um, unfortunately the next season we lost key people to injury and you know people like City who left the club so that was the thing when when that started changing we then didn't have the money to go out and replace that and then when you're bringing in new players it's always then difficult to uh, to, to, to fit them in and, and, and that was, the, that was the, the issue with the second season really yeah, I mean, during the summer as well, after the 2007 yeah, well, summer, there was transfer speculation around you as well about where you were going to go, whether you wanted to stay, where you wanted to go. How does that affect you? And looking back, how what was actually the situation then? I know, obviously you're aware of the speculation, but I mean, I was happy at Reading. I really loved it there. Um, the thing with me was I'd been at the club for so long. Um, and I kind of felt like it was maybe getting to a natural point where it was right. It's now's the time for me to maybe move on to try something new. And that was no disrespect to Reading because I honestly, if I if I had stayed my whole career at Reading, I'd have been happy. I really would have. I just I loved it there. It fitted me perfect. Um, I just felt I had to go and test myself. Now it didn't always work out, but I had great experiences and I played for some some good clubs and. It just felt like it was a natural progression for me. If, if I hadn't been at Reading for as long as I had, maybe it would have been different. I'd have been, you know, more eager to probably stay and and and, and things like that. But um, yeah, it was it was always on, you know, getting to that point where I'd been there six, seven years, and it was okay. Well, this is something new. Now it's time to maybe push on. 
But then obviously you then went on to have the England call up as well. How was that when you received the call and who gave you the information and how did it feel? Um, yeah, a bit of a strange, strange time. Um, obviously heard sort of rumours. Um, I mean, the fans obviously sort of had that song going as well, Shory for England, which was amazing. You know, it was, it was great to have them do that. Um, but you never quite think that that's, something like that's going to happen, especially it was our first season in the Premier League. So you're just trying to take that in and enjoy it. Um, and we've we, we done well um, as a team. So we enjoyed that. And then um, I, think, I think it was um, the gaffer, Cops, um, spoke to me and said, listen, you're going to get a call up. I think Steve McLaren's going to give you a ring and you're going to be in an initial squad. I think it was a B, a B game to start with in the summer, early summer. So, um, yeah, and then I got a call from Steve McLaren. Um, just had a brief chat about the season and then, you know, uh, joining up and pretty sort of standard conversation. And, um, yeah, and then that, that's where it started and, and we uh, joined up and in the the B squad. I swear, I think we played in at Turf Moor. Mm. The game was so um, yeah, it's surreal though. It was, it was definitely a surreal moment, and it was a great end to um, what was an amazing couple of seasons, really. Yeah, totally. I mean, playing in the first game back at Wembley Stadium in the new one, obviously against Brazil. I mean, and then I mean, what an opposition to pick. I mean, if you could pick someone to make your debut against. That must be pretty sensational to play in that match. Yeah, no, it was. It, it, and it, yeah. But as I said, I keep saying it, it's like a surreal moment. And when you play, I mean, the only two games I played were Brazil and Germany. It's just, it just sort of um, summed up those couple of years that, that, that I personally had at Reading. And I think Reading as well, because I always look at it as like a team thing, really, because... Um, we don't do well as a team. I, I don't get anywhere near the England squad. So I, I always look at it that it was sort of like a badge of honour, not just for me, but for, for Reading. And I think it was like a, um, a fitting tribute to the, the whole club, really, and, and how well we done over the, the previous two seasons. Yeah, first Reading player in over 100 years to be called up for England. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> some achievement, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, as you said, at the time, you don't really... You're just concentrating, so concentrating on what you've got to do, your job, and you're nervous. You know, it's like going back to school when you first join up, and then you just want to, um, you just want to do well. You know, and for your country, you don't want to muck up. You don't want to make any mistakes. You want to enjoy it, but you want to make sure you do your job. And um, it's not until even now people mention it. And oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I did yeah. And it is a bit like that because um, yeah, it wasn't like I got loads of caps. So. Um, those um, those ones I did get were you know, just amazing. Being surrounded by the quality of players though that were there, I mean Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, John Terry. Mm. Yeah, um, those are some of the greatest players that we've seen in the last twenty years playing for England. Yeah, kind of. How does it feel going into training with them, and does it kind of affect your mindset thinking about what next level that you want to get to as well as a player? Um. Well, I was quite lucky because I, growing up, I, I knew quite a lot of a uh, lot of those boys. So I, I, I grew up playing playing with and against John Terry, Ledley King, Joey Cole, Ashley Cole. You know, there was quite a few of them. So, and 
it, it was, wasn't a bad transition really for me because I kind of knew and I was used to playing with and against them anyway, even right from age groups because we were all sort of similar age group coming up. Um, so I was quite lucky in that sense that it was quite easy to just sort of fit into that environment um, with those specific people. Uh, in terms of the level, the level was just another step up above um, club football especially probably especially for me not no disrespect to my teammates at Reading but you're talking about the best of the best from the, the Premier League you know Liverpool's Arsenal's Man United's so it was just the training was just exceptional I mean I, I, I enjoyed it so much it was like a test every day and you had to be at, at your best and you know, I really enjoyed that um, that challenge yeah, I remember hearing on the Peter Crouch podcast saying that when he first went to Liverpool, it was a complete test. Stephen Gerrard mm. pinging balls into him at such a speed yeah. that he had to like adjust to that and yeah. get used to that kind of level. It's a kind no, of no, definitely, and, and and they do they test you. That's what they want to do. They want to say, right, let's see what the new boy is all about. And and I was a new boy at the time. You know, it's first season in the Premier League, and all of a sudden I got a call up, and you know they tested me definitely. Of course, I knew a few of the boys, so they knew what I, I could and couldn't do anyway. So that was, that was okay. But um, no, it was great. I, mean, I, I just loved it. And, it, and it, I felt like it did take me to another level. Um, even in the training and in the games, it just it makes you up your game as well. Um, so it, it was just a fantastic period in, in my career, my life, that, um, as I said, does seem like um, it seems like a million years ago now. Um, but it's always fun, fun memories to, to, to bring back up. Yeah, I mean, I can, it feels like you're kind of like you've, we're watching the game sometimes, and sometimes you have to remind yourself that you had to play for England. Like, I bring it up. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, that is kind of a little bit unusual because this is such a massive event. As a fan, you'd think that's there at your forefront, but for you, you're just constantly moving on, aren't you? Trying to improve all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's great to have those memories and to be able to look back and tell your children, their children, um, and especially with the games I did play and, you know, the first game at the New Wembley and stuff like that. I mean, that, that will go down to history and my name will be with that, which is amazing. Um, but you do just, <laughs> I just live in the moment and I'm just looking for what can I do next? I want to do something, that, you know, I'm never going to be able to replicate what I did as a footballer and I'm never going to be able to get that feeling again, but it's, well, what's next? What can I do to push myself and, I mean, even in this lockdown now, I've, I've started going back out running and really pushing my fitness and mentally testing myself, and I've, I've loved it. It's, it's really helped me get through this period. So um, I think when you've been sort of at a certain level in anything, football, rugby, any kind of sport or, or business, that you, you're looking for that next thing to push yourself again, really. Yeah, no, I can totally understand it. Um, if we need a new left back, we can get you back in, Nicky. There's no problem. You're already kind of at the club, aren't you? <laughs> so it's good. Well, well, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think we'd you know, be all right in that sense. We've got we've got a couple who can uh, can do that can do that role. Jordan, Jordan Abita is still there. You know, bless him. He's um, he's uh, he's been very unlucky with injuries, hasn't he? But whenever he's played this season, when he's come in and played, he's been he's been really good. So uh, you just hope that he can stay fit uh, for. Uh, you know the rest of his career really because he deserves it no definitely yeah horrific injury times and to see yeah. him back was amazing yeah. last season to see him score his first goal forget about you know people always talk about what money players get it's got nothing to do with that that's the determination to get back on that pitch and do yeah it. and yeah. absolutely and, and you know I look at some I know I'm picking Jordan out I mean I when he when I was I went back there Jordan was still playing there and um 
he for me epitomizes what Reading's about really at the minute. Um, what we what it used to be about, I should say, what what it was all you know that 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 courage, that spirit, that determination, uh, that never say die attitude, and he's he's definitely got that, and um, just hope that he can just stay fit and he he can be a sort of beacon of light of what it's expected to be a, a Reading player, you know. Yeah, no, I 100% agree on that. So getting back to your time at Reading, we then move into the 07-08 season. Now, as we all know as Reading fans, this season doesn't end well for us. What was your kind of like thinking when we were going into the season? Because like you mentioned earlier, we'd sold Steve Sidwell. Now, he was such a pivotal player in that team. Were you confident we could stay up or were you concerned? Um, well, as the season went on, you, 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 of course you're confident, you, you want to be positive, you want to look forward. It's a massive blow to lose someone like Sidi, who's a big player for us. It wasn't just Sidi, we lost. I mean, we still had Glenn Little at the club, but he was out injured for most of the season, which you know was, was a devastating blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Ibrahim Asonko got a bad, bad injury and then come back and never quite was the same with, with his knee, which is which is... You know, you always struggle with when you when you do a bad knee uh, knee injury. You know, Kits got injured and then had to come back in, and it's just these things sort of they sort of piled up a bit. And because we was such a tight knit team, because we'd been together for two, three years, all of a sudden to see that you know you could see it kind of falling apart a little bit, and it, it was such a shame because if we could have kept that team together. The next two or three years, I think I, I, I really do think we uh, would have had a really good chance of still being in the Premier League in three or four years. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. That that's that's life. You know, you got to get on with it. Um, was a, you know, it was all new to the club as well. They were trying to find their feet. All of a sudden, I mean, for instance, they're look, they're looking at players who probably a year or so ago were coming in for negotiations and looking at a fraction of what all of a sudden they'll be looking at. So it was new to them as well. So I think everyone was learning, and unfortunately, we, um, you know, we fell by the wayside in the second season. And there was a lot of things that sort of went into that. It wasn't just any one person, only one thing. It was just a culmination of events, and it was a real shame. You know, it really did hurt. I know sometimes fans can't see that, and they look at you sometimes and they think, "Oh, does it really matter?" I mean, we was devastated. I still, I still gutted whenever. I look upon that, back upon that. Even the, the second time when I went back and we got relegated, it's, it still hurts. It really does. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the, the first one was so close beyond the goal difference, though, wasn't it? If we'd have one point more, it was the second one when you came back, that was you know more conclusive. But the first one, that was just such a small margin. As you can look through the seasons, it's just tiny moments. And you think yeah. it would go for you. But... Ultimately, end of the season, you probably end up where you deserve to be, don't you? Really? You know? Yeah, no, I, I think that's about right. Um, I, I agree with you in terms of the first and the second one; they're completely different, completely yeah. different times and different teams. I think the first one hurts probably more because I think we 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 had more than enough to stay up. Yeah, um, we really did, um, and, and things just went against us. But there you go. Yeah. A combination of factors. Heard this from so many different players, from kids yeah. who said, "Well, Murty, yourself." There's different things. People have different objectives in their life, and maybe an atmosphere slightly changed in the changing ground and everything with different people because they've achieved all their goals and getting to the Premier League, maybe, and it becomes a little bit harder, doesn't it? 
Yeah, you know, it was, like I say, it was, it was a first for a lot of us as players and, and, and people working at the club. And sometimes when, when you've been at a club for a certain amount of time, as we said about the, the, the transfer speculation, stuff like that, it's, you kind of think, well, is this my opportunity to now push on and try and, you know, you know, no City went to a Chelsea, you know, teams like that. You know, you, you can't really compare Reading to a Chelsea. So it's when things like that are within your grasp, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, if I don't take it now, am I ever going to get that opportunity again? So it, it was really difficult for everyone at the time. And looking back now, obviously you you might have done things a little bit differently. But you, at the time, you, you're just trying to learn on the job, really, because this, this is the Premier League all of a sudden. And yeah, it was. It, it, it still sort of it still hurts, you know, because I think as that team, because it was a short period of staying in the Premier League, sometimes you, people might look back at it and think, well, were they as good as? Was it just a flash in the pan? But no, you know, we was a proper team, and I just would have liked being able to show that a bit for a bit longer in the Premier League, really. No, I agree. Definitely a proper team. You don't get 106 points and finish eighth. By no, now. exactly. That does not happen. <laughs> no way. So, moving on to your next period, you obviously went to Aston Villa, but this is a Reading FC podcast, so we'll move on to the Reading bit again. <laughs> no disrespect. I'm, I'm glad with that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, you come back to Reading in the second spell. Obviously, we've been promoted as champions, you come back on a free transfer. Brian McDermott is the manager. Anton Zingarevich is now the owner. Everything has changed at the football club. How did you feel when you walked back in? And yeah, just how different was it as a player coming back then? Um, well, there's a lot of familiar faces still there. Um, so I thought it was going to be okay. But it, it, was, it, was, a, it was different. It was, it was different. I've got to be honest. Um, not just so much the club and people there, and, but more maybe, I, you know, I was different as well. I was older now. I, I'd had my spell originally at the club and then I'm coming back. Uh, some people might have been, you know, why are we getting him back? What, you know, he's been here before and a bit wary, things like that. And I kind of I did feel that a little bit at times, but... You know, that, that was a good group. You know, Brian done well with that group. Um, it did remind me quite a lot, a lot of similarities to the first group I had when I was at Reading um, in terms of it being a team, in terms of sort of no one expected them to get promoted really and, and they've done an amazing job in the championship. Um, and then to, in the Premier League, they probably probably had a bit more money to spend maybe than what we had the first time. That's how it felt um, with the with the owner, the Russian owner at the time. Um, obviously, brought in Pogrebniak, people like that on a lot of money. But um, just think, we probably had a bit. We probably had a bit more the first time around in in terms of um, maybe just that bit of quality. If I'm being to- totally honest, you know, it was a, it was a you know, I will take nothing away from Brian Dermott's team, and you know it was a great, great team, but just probably just lacked a little bit of quality where they really needed it. Yeah, no, I, I agree in that. It's, it's no disrespect to that team at all because they won the championship, which just puts them down as probably, yeah. well, undoubtedly the second best team ever in Red and FC history. So we shouldn't dismiss that. 
But if yeah. you compare it to that one, there is a little bit of a gap, I think, in between those teams. Just yeah, not now. you know, not not massively, but yeah. just that little bit. I just felt that we probably needed to to have a real good guy standing in the Premier League. Um, I, I definitely think so. Definitely in the strikers department. If you had a look at the one hundred and six team, you had Kids and Dole, Lita. Yeah, that was quality. Well, stuff. I'd say that was probably you know without going into the, that it was probably the main difference. Uh, I know they progressed him, but you know we never really had the strikers that we had that first time round. Uh, you know, you had three or four strikers who could come in at any moment and score you sort of double figure goals, and uh, it's hard to get that. And we was lucky to get that the first time, and then we kind of not stumbled upon it, but we was sort of. We recruited really well, and, and it went. You know, sometimes a recruitment you've got to take a gamble, and the gambles paid off as well at that time. So, um, yeah, it was probably lacking in, on that front more than anything. You glad that you came back the second time? Oh, I was, I was, I was buzzing. I was buzzing. It was, it was coming home for me. I know people say don't go back, but I just thought, no, this is this is my this is my club. I, you know. I, do anything to to play play for Reading. Um, I, I loved it there so much. So I really enjoyed going back, and I was really hopeful of it going well. And at time, it, it, it did. You know, I, I didn't start off in the team, which was probably right because, as Brian said, you know, this team got promoted. They deserved the chance to go and play, and I was like, no problem. I'll be ready when when you need me. Thankfully, then I got my chance. I got in, and I was doing really well. Um, and then uh, I think after the Arsenal game, if you remember the cup game, yeah. Yeah, was... Nicky, I do sadly remember that game. Yeah, yeah, that I is... do as well, yeah. Oh, what a game that was. That I mean, let's just talk about that for a moment because mm. that game was, I don't know how to sum up that game without giving myself traumatic nightmares the next week. And playing it must have been crazy. It was just the, the emotion, the difference of emotions was just bizarre, yeah. He was up, he was down, he was up, he was up, he was up. And all of a sudden, you, they're pegging you back, pegging you back. You think, oh no, come on, come on. And it was just it was just one of them bizarre games that you get every now and then. And that was, um, for me, it was, you know, it was pivotal because I, I didn't, I got dropped after that game. And I think harshly so, if I'm being perfectly honest. I didn't really agree with it. I mean, I played really well uh, in the games before that. Um and I think there was a bit of, uh, from what I remember, there was a bit of criticism on the commentary from Gary Neville as well, for, especially for myself, he was a fullback. But I, f- I felt like people sort of blew it out of proportion and they were looking at one isolated game and all of a sudden, I'm like, well, hang on a minute, I've, I've, I've done really well in the previous game. So I was, um, I was really upset with that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. If you look at it as one context, it's fine, but it's the whole situation, isn't it, of the late 10 games before... Yeah. And it's kind of like, you're also in a completely crazy match where things were happening that just didn't normally happen. So no, exactly, yeah. you're not playing yeah, exactly. at a normal kind of tempo at a match. So yeah. we end up being relegated. Uh, you leave the club. But then a few years later, you actually come back again. And now you're involved with the academy on the scouting side. Um, how is that going? And explain to me it's your exact role that you have there. Um, so it was, it was a recruitment for sort of 16 to 23 age group to sort of try and bridge that gap, uh, have someone sort of dedicating their time at looking at, you know, opportunities to get boys in at that age, which is a 
is a more of a difficult age group really because by that time there you know you either know what what players have got a real good chance of going on or not so it's hard to sort of uh, recruit players at age unless you sometimes have to pay fees for them and things like that which I think the club looked at in what happened with me in terms of when I first come to the club they, they got me out of Leighton Orient for 25 grand when I was 19, 20 so it was sort of around that age group looking at opportunities that might arise and, and players of that sort of ilk who we think have potential to go on so that was kind of the role unfortunately I mean I, I'm not at Reading anymore I'm not okay, um, yeah. yeah so it's, you know I've got made redundant there's I think you know they were making cuts across the board uh, money-wise, which listen, understandable if that's what they've got to do. And there's quite a few people that left at the time, so just after Christmas. So um, it's a real shame because I, I loved it. I, I loved the opportunity, you know, working back at Reading, and I really wanted to do well for the club and get my teeth into it. But I just never really got the chance to do that, um, which is a shame. But um, you never know in the future. Who, who knows? Maybe I'll uh, come back a fourth or fifth time. You, you never know. No, you never know. You could be back again. But looking back on your career at Reading Football Club, just have some like quick questions here. What would you say yeah. was your favourite game that you played for Reading? Oh, West Ham. Definitely. 6-0, yeah. yeah. I have to say. Or was it six months? No, six. Six nil. You're involved with just four of them, goals, Nicky. Just four of them. Yeah, that that probably that was one of my favorite all-time favorites. Yeah. Mm. yeah, going on that messy run for one of the goals, like all the way into all the way through the pitch, and then just yeah. passing it off. And that was yeah, that was when I just as a Ren fan, I'm sure people were watching it and thinking, "Wow, that is our player," and he's doing yeah. that to West Ham in the Premier League yeah well you just when I look at it I just think well that was that was me like at the peak of my powers that was at the top of my game and you know to have a game like that as a as a fullback as well is very rare so uh, yeah that that and listen I'm born and bred Chabalief Romford not far from West Ham um, so it was probably a little bit more in it with, with playing against them as well yeah, definitely. Uh, it was a really enjoyable day there for Reading fans. What would you say is your favourite goal that you scored for Reading? Ooh, favourite goal. I'd probably have to say... You know what? My, fav- my favourite goal is probably is that one, that West Ham one. I know I didn't score it, but yeah. going on that one and setting up, because I, I wasn't... I'd, didn't mind if I scored or not, but that was my favourite goal, team goal, for obvious reasons. But my favourite one, probably against Tottenham, that that strike against Tottenham, really, um, just because it was it was such a big game for the club uh, to beat a team of Tottenham size at home and really sort of set us set us going against you know a, a real big team, and uh, that that was probably my favourite one. If you had to choose one player you'd be in self-isolation with during this uh, period from the 106 era, who would you choose? Oh, my God. None of them. <laughs> spent too much, too much time with them, has it? Uh, Not Glenn Little, Nicky. Not Glenn Little. Uh, listen, I love... Listen, Glenn's one of my best mates. I love Glenn. Uh, but if anyone who knows Glenn, you can only spend time with him. But one thing he is, is entertaining. I'll give you that. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 
couldn't I couldn't choose Glenn. He drive me mad, honestly. And he can't <laughs> he, he can't cook. He, he he can't make even make a cup of tea. So oh, no, Glenn. not even I'd, a cup I'd, of tea. No, uh, you know what? He did get. He, to be fair, he got good. He started he started cooking. He he's got a bit better. I've got to give him credit. He's, he's got, <laughs> but um, no, he's a la- he's a lazy one, Glenn. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd have to say none of them. I've spent, we spent so much time together. Like it's, we, we had, we had great times and, um, yeah, they're all, they're all like, listen, they're all fun, fun people. That I, I always have time for if ever they needed something from me, I'd, I'd be there in a the shop. Yeah. Thanks for the amazing memory. I wouldn't so. want to isolate with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So just to wrap this up, thanks for the amazing memories that you gave us on the pitch, uh, Nicky, just a uh, really top player. And to have someone who played for England, who was a Reading player was also amazing. And also you've put up with a hell of a lot of technical issues on this podcast. <laughs> and I really appreciate your time. No, so, no, anytime. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk about uh, a club that's so you know close to my heart and we had so many good times together. All the fans, the players, the coaches, everyone. Uh, it was just an amazing time in the history of Reading Football Club and just glad to say I was part of it. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Nicky. Thank you. No worries, Paul. Anytime, mate.